0: You are listening to the Clothes and Curves Podcast, body positivity from a Christian woman's perspective. Hi guys, it's Jillian and I'm so excited for episode five. I had to take a break last week because a lot of you know my daughter was having major surgery on her hip and her leg, so we had to skip last week, but we're back um, I always say we, it's just me, <laughs> I don't have multiple personalities, I swear, and I don't have a cool like team working with me, it's just me, uh, I don't know why I say that, but anyways, blah, blah, blah. So I missed you guys last week, but thank you so much for all the encouragement and the messages and the phone calls and everything that you guys poured out to me and my family while my daughter went through a really big surgery to uh, continue her journey with hip dysplasia. It's something she was born with, she was misdiagnosed multiple times by pediatricians until we got her into a specialist and it's a whole long story for another day but she's almost 10 years old and just had her third big surgery and we have a long summer awaiting uh, us of her being in a wheelchair and on crutches and wearing a brace and oh it's just so much but she is so strong she is like the star of body positivity because her body you know essentially is broken it doesn't work right and And she has done nothing but come out um, as a champion for little girls with hip dysplasia. And she has not let this stop her from living her little best life. And I'm just so proud of her. You know, God has really used her to speak to me about strength and um, endurance through trials. She has such a good attitude. I'm just so proud to be her mom. Um, But today we're going to be talking about something really tough. And it's about labels. And before we get into it, I have to ask that you hit subscribe if you are new here and we're going to be starting something new. There I go again. We, <laughs> I, 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 I am going to be starting something new um, where I want to choose a listener of the week and give you a shout out here on my podcast. And so all you have to do is leave a review um, on iTunes and, you know, give me a review and leave your name and where you're from and like a nice little comment. Um, unless you have something mean to say, then don't. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can, Um, but yeah, and I'm going to be choosing a listener of the week and giving out a shout out, and then at the end of the month, I will put everybody's name into a drawing and send out like a coffee, Starbucks gift card or something, just something fun. Uh, We'll see how many of you participate. It's okay if you don't, but I would love for you just to take the time to do that. It really, you know, helps me, and it then connects you to me, and I love to give back. So I would love to do that for you guys. Leave your Instagram. Instagram handle. I can give you a shout out. And uh, yeah. Anyway, so labels. I have to go back a little bit. So my husband is a minister of a small church in Missouri. And we have a small kind of a youth group. And these kids are awesome. We have middle school and high school. One of my best friends from college lives five minutes away from me. And she was in my wedding. We've had kids around the same time. It's such a blessing to be so close to her and do life with her. And she helps with our youth group. And while Jacob and I were, you know, away with our daughter um, while she was going through her surgery, Hani is her name, and she took over, you know, usually she's like Jacob's right-hand woman, (laughs) right-hand man, partner in crime, helping with youth ministry, but she did the whole entire uh, night that night. And she decided that she wanted the teens to write down and get really raw and honest the labels that had... Um, either been given to them by someone else or that they've given to themselves based off of like an insecurity and so they did and y'all the things that these kids wrote down I mean twisted my stomach and made me sick to my stomach and I got teary and it made my heart hurt um honey you know encourage them you know if it's a bad word we want you to write it down I want you to be honest. It's if it's an ugly word, I want you to still say it. So like on little post-its, they all wrote down these words and, you know, put them on this poster board. So it was like a big collage of all these terrible labels. And um, these are high school students. And I'm just going to say some of these words. And I really pray that um, we can all be mature here. They are very nasty words. And just understand that this is the reality of what people face. And it's not just kids and teens, it's adults as well. But I just want you to realize this is being directed at young people. And um, some of the words have, um, I will have it on my blog, a picture of it so you can see. And um, I will also post it on Instagram because I think this is important. But some of the words were whore. Slutty, a lot of fat, a lot of ugly words like fat ass, bitch. There was the C-U-N-T word, which I just cannot say. Um, Lots of comments about kill yourself, um, stupid. um, Lots of of ones about being a whore, slutty, um, faggot. Terrible, terrible things that these children have either either been told or believe about themselves. Uh, The middle schoolers did the same activity and theirs were just as bad. A lot of kill yourself, you should die, you're gay, you're fat, you're stupid, you're ugly, uh, you're a cow, uh, things like that. Um, there were either even ones on there, like, you know, why don't you curse? Everybody does it. So even, you know, some people had a lot of insecurities about why they don't act like the world. And that was hard. But anyways, Hani was telling me that, you know, they were crying and what she had them do is once these post-it notes were all on this board, they took red paint and they painted over it. And that was, you know, an imagery that Christ's blood covers any of that ugliness and it's not true. And then she had them go through the Bible and write out words that God just uses to describe how he feels about us. And we know, and I mean, you may not be a Christian listening to this podcast, and that's totally okay. I believe that the Bible is absolute truth. I believe that it is without error. I believe that God, um, created time and the world and every little thing that we see and feel and touch. I believe he's in time. I believe he's outside of time. I believe that Jesus Christ is his son and he is my savior. I believe he lived. I believe he died on a cross and I believe he rose from the dead on um, that resurrection morning. And I believe he's coming back for us. So Having that starting place, I can, you know, with a hundred percent, you know, trust and faith say that the truth is there are a lot of words that define us as humans and they are not words like whore, slut, gay, ugly, stupid. That comes from someone else. And I, my next week's podcast is going to be about the father of lies versus the father of truth. Because the Bible does refer to Satan as the father of lies. So we're going to get into that next week. But anything that we, okay, so anyways, before I get to that, let me just say, so the kids then took those words that, you know, the Bible uses to describe us and how God feels about us. And then on top of that red paint, they put those post-it notes over those ugly, trashy words. And now it's truth. So those words have been covered, you know, by Jesus' blood, and now we just see the truth. And it was such a visually impactful thing that my husband, you know, kind of changed his whole sermon series and then talked about it today at church. And we hung them up in the hallway and all, you know, of our our church family went and looked at them. And I know it was really hard for some of those adults to see those kinds of words. But that's what the kids in our community are dealing with. And we don't even live in a big city. We live in like the middle of nowhere where, you know, everybody's grown up with each other. But this is what these kids are hearing either at home or at school or on the Internet. This is what they're taking in and believing about themselves. It's very emotional. And it's easy to say for some people to say, well, they're just kids. Kids are bullies. Kids are mean. You know, kids do that. But it does not get any better once you're older. Body shaming and, you know, calling people names based on what they look like or their achievements or their financial status happens as <laughs> happens even, I feel like sometimes the worse the older you get. Um, there was so many statistics about suicide from being bullied, but um, I just wanted to hit you with just some more general facts about suicide. Um, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death. In the United States the 10th I mean you think about car crashes and heart disease and even murders you know all these things that you can die from and someone taking their own life feeling hopeless feeling like it's the only way out is the 10th cause in 2017 47,173 Americans died by suicide in 2017 there were there were an estimated 1,400,000 suicide attempts. And in 2015, suicide and self-injury cost the United States more than 69 billion dollars. So, we have a huge crisis on our hands where people are feeling like there's no hope, that they are worthless, that they are not even worth living. And a lot of the reason that, you know, young people and older people commit suicide is because they are so beaten down by this world and they believe things that are not the truth because God says that their lives were worth giving up his own son's life for. So I decided to write down my labels and it was really hard. (laughs) Um, You don't want to go back and kind of relive some really painful experiences and you don't like you know, remembering what it felt like to hear certain things about yourself or hear that someone said something about you or, you know, family experiences that made you feel a certain way or, you know, going through the comparison game that then caused you to feel less than. So I'm going to be really vulnerable and read you my words. I'm sure I could have come up with a lot more, but these were the ones that I felt like were the most prevalent to me um, growing up and even as an adult woman. So the biggest one was fat. Um, I've always thought I was fat. I remember being in high school and I had to, you know, I was like a size six, I think. So, You know, I think my senior year I was even a size four, but I never felt thin. I never was skinny enough. I was always on this mission to be tinier. And so I always felt fat. Always, always, always. I don't have a very slim, you know, body frame anyways, and so I I always was like the fat friend. I wrote that one down too. All my girlfriends are so pretty and, you know, slender. And I was always like the funny friend, not the pretty friend. I wasn't the one that you said, oh, you know, Jill, uh, she's the pretty one over there. No, it was like she's the bigger girl over there. You know, she's really funny. She'll make you laugh. She's creative. And those are, you know, I love being called funny and creative, but you can't help but feel like, oh you know, why couldn't I have been the pretty one? <laughs> why do I have to be this one? Um, stupid was a really big one for me growing up. I remember my friend Jayla um, years ago called me smart and she was just saying it in like conversation like, oh Jill- Jillian is really smart and it made me cry because that's not a word people use to describe me. That's not a word I u- heard growing up in my family. My parents are both very academic and have their master's and my dad has, you know, doctorates and my sister is very academic and my brother's really smart. And I just don't think like that. (laughs) I am very like abstract. I'm an Enneagram type four. So I was always misunderstood. (laughs) I'm an ENFP. So it's, you know, I'm like squirrel. I just, you know, academics is not my thing. And so I was, I always felt stupid in my family. I'm just going to be real. I always felt stupid. And that was a really big label that I had on myself. Um, Selfish. I, maybe I have been selfish in my life, but that's a word I heard used to describe me a lot, especially more like in high school and early, like my early adult years, my family or, you know, friends would call me selfish. And maybe that is true, but it hurt because even when I feel like I was being unselfish, I could, I was still called selfish. So it was one of those things that I just felt like I don't know where this word is coming from. I didn't understand it. And I, and I, you know, don't think I was making excuses for myself. I just really didn't understand it. And so the next word I have is that i misunderstood. And if you know anything about the Enneagram, which I'm learning so much more about myself, I'm a type four. And that's just kind of one of our things is we don't feel understood by anybody. We're very um, reflective on ourselves. And there's like nobody who's, who's more hard on ourselves than us. And so when I'm somebody who's always so hard on myself, I'm always in my head about how can I be a better person, but then someone's calling me selfish. I just feel so misunderstood. Like, I don't know what you're, what vibes you're getting, but I wasn't, you know, I was trying to help or I was, you know, trying to put up healthy boundaries for myself. But yet it was always like misconstrued into being selfish. Not that I'm saying I was never truly selfish. Absolutely. I've been selfish in my life, but I felt misunderstood. And selfish is one of those trigger words that, you know, I was labeled and it hurt. Um, Ugly, not pretty enough. (laughs) I would refer to myself as Shrek a lot. And I love Shrek. (laughs) I'll be Shrek. But, you know, I'll be like, oh, I'm either Shrek or the Little Mermaid. But I'm mostly Shrek. (laughs) Um, The fat friend. uh, The confident one. And that one, and that doesn't sound like a label. But it is because I have put on a mask like my whole life pretending that I'm not insecure when I really am like incredibly insecure even one of my best friends honey was like you hide that really well or you hid that really well because now I'm like I just I'm super like transparent about this stuff now but in the past I wasn't I would be like oh no nothing bothers me like I am super confident, and I wasn't, I was drowning in insecurities, but even admitting that I was insecure made me feel insecure, and so I wanted to just be seen as this woman who was confident and true to self, and you know, nothing got me down, and I don't know, but no, I was, and still sometimes am insecure, awkward, I'm super awkward, uh, weird, <laughs> I'm really, really weird. Again, I blame it on being a type four. I'm, I, people meet me and they're like, oh, you're so bubbly and pink. And you know, you wear glittery heels and you're just like, ah, and I have this complete like dark side of me. Like I posted this meme on Instagram. It was perfect. It had, um, like a bubbly cheerleader type sitting on a picnic bench with like a goth type person and it said my two personality you know by two parts of my personality you know reflected in this photo and that is so true it's so me I'm like half like emo and dark and you know depressed and I think very deeply about things and the world doesn't understand me and I'm an artist and then on the other side I'm like this bubbly confident like woo person in your face but I have these two sides of me and most people don't get to see that other deep side of me. So I just feel misunderstood and weird. (laughs) So, you know, these aren't as maybe harsh as maybe you have in your life. I know like I have a girlfriend who's so, so, you know, verbally, mentally, and emotionally abused by her husband, her ex-husband. And she could probably say labels that would make us, completely uncomfortable and put like an R rating if it was like a movie on it. Um but so I know that this may sound kind of cheeseball even to hear these labels like okay, well that's not even that big of a deal. But it doesn't matter what you label yourself as. You know, everybody's label is hard for themselves and it's something that we need to take seriously. So um the other day I saw on Facebook it was going around that an 11 year old boy from Philadelphia committed suicide for being body shamed at school and being targeted for being overweight. And he took his life 11 years old because to him, and honestly, I saw a picture of him. It wasn't like this. I mean, I don't want to be offensive, but it wasn't like this obese child. He looked like a normal kid, maybe had a little pudge on him, but you know, lots of kids do. And you know, so when I saw the title, I thought, oh, maybe he was like not that this matters at all, but I didn't even see You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, oh, he's so obese. You know, kids are mean. They're going to make fun of him. He looked like a normal kid. And yet being called fat was so important to him. So my point in saying this is, is you can't just say, well, you're not fat. So don't take that so seriously, like brush it off. This stuff is serious and you can't just tell somebody to get over it. It doesn't work like that. And We need to take everybody's labels and the things that they're saying are hurtful as serious things because it is hurting them. Even if you wouldn't think that it would hurt you or you don't think it's true, like when your really, really pretty friend says, oh, I'm so ugly and she's depressed about being ugly. Take that seriously because those are her feelings. That is her truth. Well, it's not truth, but it's the truth she's carrying. So I'm just saying, no matter what, make sure that we're taking people seriously. But again, 11 years old, and he took his life for being made fun of, for being fat. And the poor, sweet little boy had his whole life in front of him. And because kids and people decided to be mean and hurt him and bring him down, probably because they had their own insecurities themselves and made themselves feel good to see him be put down, a life is lost and that family is broken and crushed. And I can't even imagine what they're going through. We have to take on truth. And in next week's episode, we're going to be talking about who are you listening to? The father of lies or the father of truth? I'm going to give you some words that made me um, think of how God sees me and how God sees you. So I have words like worthy, loved, validated, wonderfully made, purposeful, wanted, uniquely created, daughter, chosen, affirmed, redeemed, worth death, and worth waiting for. And when I say the whole, it's the romantic inside of me coming out when I talk about, you know, that God sees you and I as worth death and worth a a tragic death. We were worth him going to the cross for and we're worth waiting for. He loves you so much. It's not that he died on the cross for a select few that he knew were going to be awesome. and These beautiful, incredible people. No, he died for everybody. He died for the least of these the least of us. (laughs) And that means to me that I'm so important to him that he sees me as worth waiting for that. Someday I get to be with him for eternity and I'm going to get to that point someday when I die and I'm worth that wait. Like, you know, in the Bible where Jacob waited for Rachel for like 14 years and he worked to marry her. That's how I feel like with God, but it's even, it's on such a grander scale. Like he knew me before I was even formed in my mother's womb. He knew I was going to be somebody, a person. And then he offers up this gift to say, come spend your life for me and then spend it with me for eternity. And then if you accept that gift, you get to go and be with him forever. And you're worth that weight. And I, you know, like when people say the question, you know, if you could ask God one thing, what would it be? You know, and I used to have like crazy answers. And then I had more serious answers, like when I lost, I've lost three babies to miscarriage. You know, I, I want to know why, when he knew how hard it was the first time. You know, why did you why did you allow that to happen to me again and again? But my question, my serious question now that I would ask Jesus is, do you ache for me the way I ache for you? And what I mean by that is, sometimes I'll be sitting there, and again, I'm very reflective, I'm always reflecting on something, <laughs> always in my head and I'll be sitting there, you know, thinking about something and I will have a physical craving to just rest my head on Jesus's shoulder. And it's going to make me get emotional. Um, I just want to hold his hand or if something is going on. Like my, my daughter's surgery. I just want to rest on his shoulder. I just want him to hug me. Like he's my heavenly father. I've been very blessed that i've known god my whole life i grew up in a christian family and going to church and i've always known god i've never had a time where i didn't know him i've strayed from him i've gone down some really dark places but he's always you know he he was always calling me and you know i've come back but like i just want to be with him i want to hold his hand i want to hug him i want to rest on him Uh, you know he's my daddy he's my best friend he's my lover he's you know he is my person And I just want to know, do you ache for me the way I ache for you? Jesus, are you excited to hold my hand? Are you excited to hug me and embrace me? Are you excited for me to rest my head on your shoulder? Are you excited to just, you know, touch my face like gently like a father would to a daughter? You know, I I want to know. (laughs) And And, you know, a part of me really believes that the answer is yes because I was worth dying for. He went through an excruciating death for me. And for you, because we're uniquely loved and cherished by God individually. You know, it's not like he just l- lumps us up together and says, okay, I love you all. No, he knows each of us by name. The Bible says he knows every single hair on your head. And that's how obsessed he is with you. So that's the truth. And if we can live there and we can remember these things and we can reflect on these things and fill our heads with that stuff, Think about how more confident you're going to be to go out in the world and pursue your passions and to be able to love other people because you're not struggling with loving yourself because you already are loved by the creator of love, who is love, is God. So we have to take these labels that people have placed on us, that we've placed on ourselves, cover them in Christ's blood and say, no, these are not truth. These are not truth. The truth is what scripture says about you, what God says about you, that is truth. And that's where we need to rest. That's where we need to keep going back to. So even when you have it in your head, like "Oh, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm stupid, I'm unworthy, I'm less than, I'm the fat friend, I'm the stupid friend, I'm awkward, I'm weird, I'm misunderstood, you know, I'm a whore, I'm a slut, I'm these words that, you know, people are calling me. You need to go to truth. And I'm talking, I'm not talking to teens here. This podcast is for more adult women. And I mean, if you're, you are a teen, I'm so glad you're listening. And it's the truth, no matter who, you know, who you are and what age you are. But my audience is more towards women. So women, hear me out. Your age does not, as you age, it doesn't, it's not like then all of a sudden you stop caring I've heard women say that to me, but then on the same, like, next day, they'll say, like, oh, I don't want to go to the beach because I don't want someone to see me in my bathing suit. Okay, you're still struggling with insecurities then. (laughs) So I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're a mother and you feel like, oh, I'm not in that place anymore. You still can carry very negative labels. And sometimes they look different. Sometimes they're like, I'm a bad mom. You know, I I don't spend enough money on my kids. I don't spend enough time with my kids. I'm always at work. You know, the labels can change. But there are still negative labels that are meant to tear you down and bring you down and cause depression and cause, you know, discontentment and cause you not to want to be with people and and be in community with others. And it causes your light to dim. And that is what Satan wants. Satan wants that more than anything, because then you're not out there shining brightly for Jesus and doing awesome things in his name. And then you're not using these talents and these gifts that God has, you know, specifically given you to do awesome, awesome things because you're too concerned with what's wrong with you. I hope that this podcast, if there was any kind of takeaway, I encourage you to write down your labels and then I encourage you to write down truth and really confront them, confront the labels. Where do they come from? Where did you hear that from? Why is that a truth to you? Is it because lots of people have said it? Have you heard it all your throughout your life that you're ugly? Is that, but even, even if that, let's say like, let's just take that one for an example. Even if you've had, you know, thousands of people throughout your entire life say, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly. These are still just opinions based off of a shallow society of what the standard of beauty is. You don't, it is not your job to be pretty and it is not your job to be, aesthetically pleasing to everybody who looks at you. It's not your job. No one gave you that job title. No, that's not anybody's job. And being pretty is not your mission and is not your purpose. So just like, let's take these things and break them down and just settle in God's love for us because that's what he wants. And when we can be at peace with the truth of who we are in Christ, we are going to be able to do Great, great things because you're not going to be so focused on self. You're going to be focused on God and serving others and loving others and living your best life and enjoying life because Satan, he's got nothing on you. Nothing. My heart is just so passionate about this stuff. I hope that I speak clearly on it. You know, I'm not the best speaker. I just have so much that I want to share as I go through my own journey in this. I I know I say this almost like every podcast I feel, at least it feels like I do. I have not graduated from this. (laughs) I am in it. I am in the battle. I'm fighting for my own beauty right now. And not a physical beauty, but true beauty. My beauty of self, uh, uh, my beauty that's made in God's likeness. This beauty that Satan attacks using the tools of the world and comparison and fake and shallow beauty standards that are are meant to bring me to my knees and have me throw down my sword and give up. But no, 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 sister. I have taken up my sword and I'm fighting back because I have truth on my side. And we know God has won the war. So we just have to keep winning these little battles. So I, I just thank you so much for listening. And I just hope that you have an amazing week. And stay tuned for next week, which is going to kind of tie into this as well, about whose voice are you listening to? The father of lies or the father of truth? This whole podcast is about body positivity, body image from a Christian woman's perspective. And I want you guys to start from the place of truth please if you don't mind follow me on social media I gotta go through like the um like the checklist like (laughs) all the podcasters are like make sure you subscribe make sure you follow me on social media so it's like I want to do a good job so yes I would love to connect with you there and stay tuned for next week's episode and I'll see you guys later take care